I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodine. I am your host, and it is actually decent weather here in Arizona. I got the window open. It's nice and cool in the house. I think it's like 67 degrees outside. Let's take a peek. I don't know why you'd want to know. Yeah, it's 67 degrees outside in Arizona, and it is nice. It was nice and chilly this morning. Ooh, it was a good day. You know what else made this day great is I got to sit down with Allison Sheridan and we talked about the Audi e-tron Sportsback, the 2022 version of this car. She was visiting a friend in Texas. I'll let her tell you the story, really. But they got to drive it. Steve and Allison got to drive it. And and Allison is going to give us her impression of the Audi e-tron Sportsback. Just a quick note before we get into the interview I was going to talk about the GMC EV that was just announced last uh, Thursday on the 20th. I'm going to push that to Friday because I have, I'm, I'm looking into some more things. I, I, I didn't want to just give you specs. I wanted to try to give you some insight and that's taking a little bit longer than I, than I thought. So we'll talk about that on Friday. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our interview with Allison Sheridan. Allison Sheridan, welcome to the show yet again. You're like my my most oftenest guest. You're the person that comes on the most. Like a bad penny, I just keep returning, you can't get rid of me? Like a lucky penny. <laughs> Depends on your perspective. Well, you know what's lucky today is uh, you drove an Audi e-tron Sportback, and I want to hear all about it. So let's start off, uh, just kind of give me some details on the car. What year was it? What color was it? And uh, whose was it? So this was a 2022 
uh, Audi e-tron Sportback. It was white, and it was our friend David Roth. We went out to visit him in Houston when we went to see our son, and uh, we got to his house, and we knew he had this car, and we went to go out to lunch, I think it was, and he goes, want to drive? <laughs> yes. So Steve and I both got to drive it, and uh, it was really cool. It was uh, it was really slick. We had a we had a really good time driving it, uh, and uh, I was I was very impressed with the car. Yeah, you know, um, Kyle. Oh, I'm going to forget Kyle's name, but he does the Out of Spec Studio in our YouTube channel, and he he and his wife love the e-tron, and they have a ton of electric vehicles that they own. Like they have a warehouse. They have so many electric oh, vehicles. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a very, it's pretty successful. But they're a big fan of the the e-tron. So you're in good company for for liking this car. How much does it cost? So he said it was around eighty k, and that uh, I didn't go through and spec it out. He got the sport back, and he went for top of the line stuff within that category. And I think they say they start at fifty or something like that. So. That sounds about right, right? You, the the sticker price is fifty, but it really costs you eighty by the time you walk out. I did not double check his uh, his numbers on that, but about eighty k. So my frame of reference is going to be from uh, driving a uh, Model Three most of the time and Model Y on occasion with Steve's car, and those cars were around seventy seventy five k with all the fixings. So on the order of the same price car, but a very very different car. Yeah, uh, it's it's a. With Audi, you get the the like the belt. You you feel like royalty in an Audi. Like Tesla, very minimalist. It has its place, and it still is very nice. But with Audi, you have like a just this plushness. Like uh, my ex, my captain, his mom called him up on the first day of one of our shifts, and she's like, "Hey, I just bought an Audi e-tron." The next day, she brought it by. I did. We had a call, so I didn't get to ride in it. But she let us crawl. She let dirty firefighters crawl all over this car and play with the buttons and, and touch the screen and stuff. And the first time I saw an e-tron, I was like, this is nice, but it, it's it's not super fancy. It was about 50000 uh new back then. It was 2019 or so. But her car has been updated quite a bit, and it does feel very luxurious. It feels like an Audi, whereas before it felt like a Volkswagen that was badged as an Audi, which nothing against Volkswagen because I love VW, too. What was your the, uh, Well, my that's it's interesting that you bring it up as a luxury line. Steve and I uh, drove Honda Motor Company cars our entire lives up until we got our Teslas. So the last uh, car Steve had was an RD, uh, an RDX, and he had already had an RDX, and he considered not getting a second RDX. And he thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to expand my horizons and try some other cars. And we tried an Audi Q something, I don't know, whatever the like medium size uh, crossover sort of SUV was. And he really wanted to like it, but we really didn't. Um, it, it just didn't blow our dress up and it, and he went back to the familiar and he kind of wanted to get away from the familiar. You know, he wanted to try something different, a new kind of car. Cause we basically, you, we could get in any car made by Honda Motor Company. We know where every button is. And you know, that takes some of the fun out of it, of discovery. But when I got into the Audi e-tron, I felt luxury. And it, this sounds funny, but one of the things that struck me immediately was it was a white car with a, a, a black interior, but brown leather seats and the 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 part where your your butt goes is real leather and i think everything else is they call it vegan leather mm -hmm. uh, but there's something about that look that says luxury to me when it's brown leather in a you know in a white car i don't know that that was kind of my impression 
but the seats were comfortable. The car, I want to put this out there right at the very beginning. The car is extremely heavy, so it moves with grace. You know, it is not a sports car. It is a, even though it's called a sportback, it is a luxurious, weighty kind of car. It's not boaty like a lot of big cars, but it's boaty, not B-O-D-I-E, but boaty. Um, the curb weight on this car is 5,765 pounds. To give you an idea, the Model Y is 4,555. So the e-tron is 26% heavier than a, than a Model Y. And even the Model X is 5390, and this is 5765. So it is a very heavy car, even though it's more on the size of the Model Y. Yeah. The, uh, going back to the luxury, when uh, to be fair, when I saw the Audi e-tron, there's a Jaguar dealership next door. So my kids and I went and looked at the Jaguar at that dealership first, which is luxury on luxury, that I-Pace. And then when we went to the e-tron, it wasn't as nice, but... It, I would say that the new Audi, the the new version, that 2022 style, I I think it might be as nice as that Jaguar that we saw that day. Now I don't know about that's the funny. One. We uh, we test drove the uh, the Jaguar I Pace with our friend Pat Dengler. We got to go to a little event Ooh. where we got to drive it on a little track, and then they drove us, and then we drove out on the open road. And um, I didn't actually feel luxury from that. They were really emphasizing the sportiness of it. Uh-huh. So the the thing you did on the track, you were actually competing against anybody else who had driven that day on trying to swerve around things where they would light up a post and that meant you were to go to the left of it and the other post, then the one to the right would go. So you're swirling back and forth. So they were really concentrating on the sportiness and the and the handling of the car. I didn't think actually about did this feel luxurious but the first word i said was luxurious when i got into the uh, audi e-tron yeah the i-pace this is not in a, an adult way at all but the i-pace i just wanted to snuggle up into the seats and then just like like a kid like <laughs> lick everything to make sure it was mine <laughs> like i just thought i want and the guy was very nice but you could tell he was just um he was just a little creeped out by you. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't doing that. My kids were, but I wasn't. No, he was very nice, but was he was just kind of head. putting up with this because I really wanted to take a test drive. But it was in the. It was in. They didn't have any other ones, and it was in the showroom, and tried to get him to convince you know to, to for me and my kids to take an eighty thousand dollar car out for a test drive. He he just wasn't having it. So. <laughs> so when we were driving the car, the the first thing I asked about was regenerative braking. I am, as people have heard before, a huge fan of one-pedal driving. I just find that might be my favorite thing about driving my car is that it's like driving a go-kart. I just sit there with this one foot, in out, in and out, in out. I don't brake. Uh, I use the brakes, as I've said before, maybe once a week at the most, maybe once every couple of weeks. So I go in and out of my driveway, into my garage. I come to stop signs. I go in parking lots. I'm never using the brakes. I'm just feathering that one accelerator. And that is much less tiring. Like when you're on the freeway, it's very, it's very nice to be able to drive like that. And uh, so I asked David about that and he said, well, it does have regenerative braking, but you have to turn it on every time you start the car up. And he didn't know why that was. He says it's a pain, and he thinks he might have tried it once, but it was such a pain he didn't he didn't even remember where it was. So that was that was kind of annoying. I was I was uh, looking forward to one pedal driving on a luxury vehicle to see what that would feel like. How did the braking feel, just in general? Because you're used to one thing, which is the Model Three. So how did it feel compared? Because it's a heavy car. I would say it felt good. It felt normal. 
it felt like driving an ice vehicle that was well made. Um, I think I talked to you recently about the Solo, the little eighteen thousand dollar three wheel. I hated braking in that thing. Yeah. That was terrible, and, and you felt the same way. And yeah. so I was ready for something like that, just because I don't brake anymore. What does braking feel like? And it felt fine. It, it, it was okay. I just would have preferred to have one pedal driving. And how is the acceleration? Because it doesn't have great acceleration. It's five-ish seconds, zero to 60s. But how did it feel? You know, I, I didn't get a chance to really test that. I was uh, I was just to the point where I went, oh, yeah, I got to try this off the line. And I said, how about now? And that's when David said, yeah, you're turning left right here into the restaurant. <laughs> And so I, I was, I was really mad. I didn't get a chance to test it. Um, it, it's supposed to be five ish seconds, which is pretty snappy for a car that weight. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, and I'll have to look it up, but the Ferrari Testarossa, like in the eighties, that was like the, the creme de la creme as far as cars, right? Um, it didn't have, a, I don't think it had a sub four second, uh, I'm looking it up. Acceleration. Here. Acceleration. Um, yeah, I don't think this is a car you buy for that. Even though it says Sportback, yeah, I think Sportback might be just the look of the car. Not as uh, I didn't study all the specs to see what Sportback meant versus regular versus anything else in the model. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's 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 more of a gimmick to show your friends, but it is. <laughs> I don't know. It is fun. It is fun just to to get in there and womp on it. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. That is my second favorite thing about driving my Tesla Model Model 3 is, uh, what is mine? 0 to 60 and 3.1 now? It was 3.2, but they did an upgrade and it's 3.1. It is really, really, really fun to do. Yeah. But when I got in that car, I didn't feel like that was the point. I felt like I was driving, you know, the Queen of England in the back. Well, I guess the <laughs> King of England now, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it felt more like it was a car to be really comfortable in for a long time. So 5.3 seconds is 0 to 100 kilometers per hour, which is about 0 to 62. So 5.3 seconds for the Ferrari Testarossa 1984. So, <laughs> you know, five and a half seconds in a car that weighs, you know, 5,800 pounds, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one of the things we're going to have to get into here is the uh, is the range. And I know I'm jumping all over in our notes, but the result of having a car that's that heavy and maybe not as um maybe not as good as of um uh, efficiency with the batteries and other things is the range is only 222 what i call lying miles my car is 310 lying miles. It never gets 310. It's maybe 280. So this is their, their rated is 222. And, and that's not very far considering it's a 95 kilowatt hour battery. The Model Y is a 75 kilowatt hour battery with a 300 mile lying range. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things about, uh, and I, I don't want to say that it's all, uh, uh I don't want to be rude. I don't want to say that it's all <laughs> automakers that that have been around for longer than you know fifteen or twenty years. Uh, but the the efficiencies in their cars, I think they're just trying to get the cars out, and the they they'll wait for the efficiencies to come later. You know, so Tesla really concentrated early on 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 let's make this more efficient, get more range, get more range, get more range. Whereas these other companies, I think they're just you know. 95 kilowatt hour battery is still a pretty big battery. 100 kilowatt That's hour battery. That's 25% percent bigger than the, than the Model Y. Mm -hmm. And it gets 30% less range. And, uh, but the car weighs 25% more. So 
you know, we were talking about this with Chris's um, uh, Ford F-150 Lightning is his range is the same as, as Steve's car as the Model Y, but it, the car weighs twice as much. So the battery is twice as big. So it takes twice as long to charge right. to what get did, the same range. What did we say? His was like 140 kilowatt hours, something like that. It's yeah, some, yeah. Cause it was close to double. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is, that is very interesting to me. I never really thought about that with the Teslas that they had done, done so much work on the efficiency of the batteries and, uh, getting the range out of them. I didn't think about that that much until I started looking at other cars and seeing, well, hmm, that, that range isn't great. And David and his wife live in, in Texas, as I mentioned, and they often go to Austin and, um, they had some dicey times trying to get from, from, uh, one place to the other with, uh, charging. For two reasons. One, because that range is really low and obviously all cars lie on what the range actually is, but also because there's not a lot of electrification in Texas just yet. It's getting there. We went to the, the largest fueling station in the world, the uh, Bucky's, it's called. It's really wild place. Look it up. It's nutty. Um, but Bucky's uh, is putting in at the, at the one in Houston, putting in 23 Tesla superchargers. Oh, nice. And I thought that was a, a good indicator that things maybe are starting to, starting to shift there. But right now it was a little dicey for him to make the, uh, make the, the trip in that car. Yeah. Sierra and Brad were in, uh, somewhere around Houston it was uh, maybe Galveston area but they were they were there during the snowpocalypse and the renting an Airbnb on the beach as you can imagine that's probably wasn't the best time to be there but their <laughs> Tesla which is just the uh, standard range now they were able to go and use the destination charger at a hotel they were able to use superchargers when they were making their way to their next de- destination which was New Orleans um, with relatively few interruptions. I mean, it was a pain in the butt because they had to spend most of their time in the car instead of the Airbnb they paid for. But in terms of Tesla chargers in that area, uh, they were quite lucky. And in one case, they thought that this, the charging, the, the the whole station was down and it just was the charger that they were using because the guy's like, hey, come mm-hmm. over here and you can use this one when I leave. And so they were actually saved in that case. And I think that's gotten much better over time. Some of our very earliest experiences in my car, we went to Vegas and we had uh, exactly that kind of experience. And I think we had actually driven the car down too far and it was having trouble getting started charging. Mm -hmm. So the charger would come on and click off and come on and click off. And we thought something was wrong with the charger. And uh, a friend of ours was in the car with us and he said, hey, I just noticed something. Every time it's cycling, you're getting a couple of miles. Keep doing it. And then finally, after it had kept doing it for a while, then it started to actually charge. But that was very nerve wracking to be so low you can't leave, but yet not be able to charge. But we have never had that problem since. That's interesting. So what's, since we're on the charging topic, let's talk about, you can charge from either side and the right side yeah. is a level two and the left side is what? So the, the left side can be a level two or a level three charger and the right side is a level two charger. So when he's at home, um, he just plugs in, he bought a charge point charger. He plugs into that on the right side because it's easier. But he got like a really long cable. I was really surprised. You could probably go around the car twice and back into the car. Uh, but when he goes to a level three charger, he can use the left-hand side. And uh, wouldn't you really love to have a car that had a, uh, if you have an ice vehicle still have a, have a gas uh, cap on both sides? So you didn't have to know and you got into the thing. Oh, man, I got to turn around. I think yeah. it's kind of cool. That's actually uh, it's a really clever idea. I don't think the early, the later models had that. That That's the first I've heard of that. 
Okay. So okay. Yeah, yeah it's, I could be wrong. It's kind of nifty. Yeah, it's cool. It has a little door that pulls up sort of like a, a Tesla Model X, not Gullwing, but what's it called? The other one. Oh, a Falcon Wing. Falcon Wing. Yeah, it kind of slides up. Oh, that's my, cool. my my first thought, though, was what my dad would always say. Well, it's just another thing to go wrong. <laughs> yeah, that was a favorite thing of my grandpa and my dad to say as well. <laughs> Even though my dad had like the the uh, the highest in Ford Blazer or Chevy Blazer when it came out and they changed the body style back in the 90s. He, he bought the best one you could get with the TVs in the back when that was unusual. He had no he had no grandkids to put it in. He, he had no children to put back there, but he owned it. <laughs> No, my dad was like, he was against electric windows. <laughs> That's just one more thing to go wrong. Yeah. He was right. <laughs> uh, the the 50 amp, you said it was a 50 amp circuit, but uh, it's 40 amps when it gets finally to the charger, right? Or to the uh, Right. But weren't, Steve wasn't sure that it was actually pulling 40 amps. Um, he was getting 8.6 kilowatts. And this gets back into kilowatt hours per fortnight conversations <laughs> that we don't want to go into today i can do it when i've got the notes in front of me but uh i can't otherwise he just said that did not sound as high as it should have been so he's not sure he was getting the full 40 amps yeah and then if you were to dc fast charge it's uh you can you can go up to 150 kilowatt charging uh but if you if you're at a station and you go higher than that it doesn't really make any sense you're just kind of taking a spot so just be aware if you own one of these but five five to eighty percent in 30 minutes it's not too bad yeah yeah that it's actually is pretty fast, good but it's not bad considering but, and and remember the the mantra is from rod simmons just charge don't charge beyond like 60 percent because you're just wasting your time go to the next station and charge the next 60 up to 60 percent because the charge curve is flat or i'm sorry is is linear up to about 60 percent then it starts to roll off and you're just wasting time to sit there yeah rod was on maybe it was a year ago now uh and he was telling us about his his philosophy when it comes to charging so well, he, he, he's so right. He was trying no, to teach me that. And I didn't believe him. And I would uh, I, every time we go to Fresno, which is about a six hour drive. Well, because we stopped for a long time to eat. And whether before we had an EV, we always stopped to eat and we stopped twice. We're big, lazy people don't like to sit in the car. But uh, I we would sit there like for an hour waiting for it to get all the way up. And, and it was taking us forever to get anywhere. And he says, yeah, what are you doing that for? Just do like 20 minutes. 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. And that way you get to stop, stretch your legs a couple of times, get a drink, go go potty, get back on the road. And uh, and you're actually much more efficient with your time to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to, to, to try that out in practice. I'm, I'm itching for an EV so bad. And I know when this this happens and I get impatient, I make foolish decisions. And uh, it's not <laughs> a good... You've been so patient though, Bodie. What's it been, like two years? Uh, no, it's, it's been six years. Cause I thought I would have a, I thought I would go a year in this podcast and then I'd own a, own an electric car. So, oh, so we're, we're five years out, but that's okay. Um, I, I now just, you're playing a game of chicken with uh Tesla and the, uh, soup and the, uh, what's that ugly car truck called? Cybertruck. Cybertruck. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? I'm so sorry. Cybertruck. <laughs> He's right here. He's holding up his little model Cybertruck that Steve and I sent to him. Well, hey, I want to talk about the navigation and displays in this in the Audi e-tron because yes, um, I'm 
I'm critical of standard looking cars nowadays that are covered in buttons and dials. And I, I have this argument with Stephen Getz all the time where uh, he's a big believer in, uh, in buttons and dials. He said, you can, you can uh, pull his buttons and dials out of his cold, dead hands. Um, I, I love getting into the Tesla and I see a screen and virtually nothing else. There's two scroll wheels on the um, steering column and that's it. There's nothing. There are no buttons and dials. There's the stock and there's the uh, what I think is the windshield wiper, but it doesn't rain in California. So I haven't actually gotten to test that yet. OK, once. Um, but uh, when I see a car covered in buttons, it makes my eyes bleed. The displays in the Audi e-tron are gorgeous. There's a lot more buttons and dials, things you can do. Uh, it has wireless CarPlay, and I've been a big critic of CarPlay, and and part of it is because people tell me, well, I would never get a Tesla because it doesn't have CarPlay. You know, I got to have CarPlay, and and I figured out why people are so adamant about that. It's because the it's the first system they ever used after the horrible systems auto companies put into their cars. So, in comparison to that, it is the best thing that has ever been designed on planet Earth. But it's not necessarily better than what you can get with with the Tesla navigation and entertainment system. You can have arguments either way. And and the CarPlay for a lot of people is slightly better, but it's not like you're going back to an embedded car system. So that's my, my start a religious war opening line. I think one of the reasons I really don't like CarPlay is because all of my experience has been in rental cars. So the displays are horrible. They're, they're, they're technically touchscreens, but yeah, Bodie's holding his fingers up to like a four inch square. Yeah. They're, they're, they're very small. The display is very cartoony, uh, and it takes up so much of the viewable space of the map is covered up with all this stuff. You do get the stuff you need, so it does say turn left at the next exit, and that's real bold and big, and you can glance down and see it real quickly, but you can't see situational awareness very well like you can with a giant Tesla screen. Well, on the uh, Audi e-tron, it is a beautiful display. Um, I think I uh, – good grief. Did I not put a picture of the display? in? I, I sent Bodie a couple of photos. I'm on, um, their, I'm on their site right now. I can see. Okay. The, the display of the um, – of the from the Audi e-tron uh, CarPlay display is big. It's it's bright. It's a good touchscreen. CarPlay is still missing some things. You can't pinch to zoom, and it seems to me you should be able to pinch to zoom on a eighty thousand dollar car, but you can't do that. You got to use the little buttons. So I I still don't like the navigation in, in CarPlay, but um, having only CarPlay on that display was important. So down below the main display is another display for your temperature controls. If I had my druthers, if I had one button or dial on my car, it would be temperature controls because I'm always going up a degree, down a degree, up a degree, down a degree. I'm really annoying about that. But having it separate was good, but it's even farther down below your line of vision. But the buttons are real big and it's very pretty. So uh, I'm not sure what the what the trade-off is there, but uh, I, I, I did not hate CarPlay on this car. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Yeah. And, and I think the thing... I think you hit it right is that the screen, the screen is really beautiful the way it's built into the dash. A lot of car companies are pushing it out from the dash now. And this one is, is just kind of a part of the dash, right? Yeah. It's yeah. yeah, It it doesn't stick out. It's just kind of built in and blends in, but it's still really pretty. It's a pretty display and it's, it's responsive. It's big and it's responsive, 
but why can't CarPlay do t- pinch to zoom? Maybe some cars it can, but I've tried it in every single rental car and none of them could. And I figured in this, if it couldn't do it in this car, maybe it couldn't do it at all. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. We send hate mail to Bodie at 918digital.com. I, I welcome it. Bring it. Uh, so I, I think did it, also, has, it has Android Auto as well, right? I know that know, that's not... Uh, I wouldn't have any way of knowing that. I'm looking on Audi's site, and I can't find it, but I'm pretty sure... Like, they don't just offer one. I would think they probably would. I mean, you'd hate to exclude such a vast swath of uh, drivers to, to have it only be uh, CarPlay. I just... I don't know that you have a way of knowing that unless you plug in an Android phone. Yeah. I mean, reading the specs online, obviously, but getting in the car... The, the the phone hooked up and having wireless CarPlay, I thought was really slick. The the idea of having to wire my phone in wires crawling across the the display, just woof, don't like that. Yeah, the, the wireless is key. Although I'd never use that on a, a, a I wouldn't use wireless on a uh, what's it a, a rental car. But oh, right, right, right. So it has another display that it has a um, heads up display that does a couple of things that were real interesting. We were sitting at a light and I looked right in front of me and it was telling me how many seconds until the light turned. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that information was knowable by cars. I, I, I wonder if it's guessing. I don't know. That is news to me. It, it sure didn't seem to be. It was, I mean, it was a countdown by seconds and it seemed to match up. And I mean, I knew exactly how long I had to, you know, not play with my phone, not play TikTok or anything. Huh. That's cool. When when you were driving, and I I know you hit on this a little bit, but I'm I'm curious. Like, did you? I don't know how much you because you're just driving to the restaurant, right? But I don't know how much w- would you be able to easily change the heating controls and radio and any other activities you might do when you're driving as a responsible driver. Was that still fairly easy? So I didn't play around with uh, the audio. Um, I tend to be a podcast listener. I don't really listen to music. And uh, because it was CarPlay, it's got, uh, it had overcast up there on the screen. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, that would be as easy as it would be on any CarPlay system. It'd be about the same. As far as the, the temperature controls, they are down low because yeah. it's a display below the main display. But the buttons were pretty big, and I can't. Believe, I swear I took a photo of them, but I don't have it up with. I can't see it right now. But they they were really big buttons for up down. Um, unlike the Tesla uh, on screen buttons, the Tesla on screen buttons are much higher, so I wouldn't have to look as far down on the Tesla. But the 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 buttons are tiny. They're, they're I mean not tiny, but they're not. Yeah. Reach over and do it without looking buttons. They are. I have to look at it every time, and that's after almost three years of driving this car. Yeah. So I would say it's probably better, but it is down out of your line of vision for sure. The picture that you sent me has the rear um, climate controls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The rear climate controls are gorgeous. Are, they're pretty. really nice. You, it's it's a uh, touchscreen display. So you've got a slider and a plus plus minus and hotter, colder tells you the temperature of the fan. You uh, It has seat heaters in the in the uh, in the back, too. I believe it's got seat coolers as well. Yeah, it's, it should have ventilated seats. Yeah, that's apparently important in non-temperate climates. It's super important to me and Chris. Um, okay, so we, we've covered the interior, we've covered charging and the battery. What about those those little things that you might not think about when you're you're going to buy a car and you're just kind of sitting in it, you know, things like towing and such? 
Well, one of the, one of the things that I know I've seen this done before, I think BMW does it, but it just was so pleasingly well done. When you open the door, it projects onto the ground the word e-tron, and it's very bright. Uh, in the picture I sent to Bodhi, it's it's broad daylight out, and it is bright white on the concrete and really crisp letters. It says e-tron. And for some reason, that, that little touch made me happy. I, I really like that. Um, it has uh, built-in uh, screens for, like, you want to protect somebody from the sun. Uh, they they come up from inside the window. And David said he was very disappointed that they weren't uh, automatic. You know, they yeah. can press a button to make them go up and down. It was it was really awful that you had to grab them and pull them. Um, and the car can tow up to 4,000 pounds. Um, when I was talking to Chris right after he bought his um, uh, Lightning, one of the things he really liked was the top-down view from the car. And he said that helped him with parking and making sure he wasn't bumping into things. And I thought, yeah, I don't know. I don't need that. And you know, that's probably me going, well, I don't have it. Therefore, it must be bad and stupid and I don't need it. Uh, but in the Audi e-tron, it had a beautiful display from the top down. And David's parking, or his uh, garage, he pulls out of his garage and then he's kind of in a in a carport and he's got two brick encased posts on uh, one on either side that he's got to avoid so having that uh, that view top down was was really handy pulling the car in and out and i have to and i'm sure ford's updated this but chris's uh top down view so it uses just in case anybody doesn't know it uses the relative position of the car and then the cameras and then on the screen you see the car and then it just kind of shows it from a top down obviously it's not really a top down but based on the the cameras and where you are, it gives you that that information. And Chris's was weird uh, early on. I don't know if it got fixed. It's a good question to ask him. It just looked yeah, I didn't off. think it looked. Yeah, I didn't think it looked right. I know, I know what you mean. I, I was trying to put my finger on it. This looked more real than uh, than Chris's did. I don't want to talk down Chris's car because nope, I love, love that car. car. It was very cool. Uh, but it was this. I think this display was a little bit better. I liked it. He's got huge wheels on this car, 22-inch wheels. Yeah, I can't imagine what it's going to cost to replace those tires, man. When I saw that yeah. on your notes, I was like, oof, because I got to replace tires in both of my cars in the next week or two. And I'm like, oh, I can't imagine. Have I told you my funny story about replacing tires? No. This has nothing to do with electric vehicles, but I just love to tell the story. Steve uh, wanted to replace the wheels or the tires on one of my cars. And uh, my requirements for tires are that they're round and uh, black would be good. And that's the end of my requirement set. His requirements was it has to be the exact same ones that came on the car. And it's like, okay, well, whatever. So it was some Michelin, something or other that had to be replaced. So he looks around and they're really expensive. And back then uh, he found them at Costco for 400 bucks a piece. It was like $1,600. I'm like, can you get them cheaper? But he wanted these. So it was okay, whatever he wants. So he took the car over and then he had me come pick them up. And uh, I went and got them. And then when it was time to go, go pick it up, they told him it was ready. So he dropped me off and he left. And I go in to pay for it, and the guy behind the counter says, all right, that'll be $400 or $1,600 cash or American Express. And I said, I don't have an American Express card, and I did not bring $1,600 with me. And he said, then you can't have your car back. And I said, well, we got an issue here. You know, this is information that perhaps my husband should have been told before he left me here. And, you know, we could have maybe gone and gotten cash, but now I don't have a car to go get the cash. And I'm arguing with this guy, and I'm never going to win but I also don't have any choice but to argue. I literally can't do anything, right? So 
all of a sudden, a guy gets up. He's been sitting, waiting for his car, gets up, walks up to me and starts peeling $100 bills off of a roll from his pocket. I look over and it's an acquaintance of mine from work. Like I knew his name and I knew he was a guy that I worked with, but that's all the more I knew him. And it turned out he had been playing poker that weekend and had all of his winnings in his pocket and he paid for my tires. Oh, wow. That was very kind. I mean, I had to pay him back, but that's the only reason I ever got home that day. I love that story. That's really funny. My friend Tony, um, her her dad is also named Tony, the very Italian family. She just, uh, even at 45 years old, uh, she'll just occasionally drive to her parents' house. Her dad always goes out and looks at her car and be like, you need new tires. And he'll just go put new tires on it. <laughs> so that's how she gets new tires. Maybe I need to stop by Tony's house. No, no, it doesn't work because I've parked in his dra- his driveway before and he's looked at my car and he never, he, not once has he offered to replace my tires. Oh, well, that, that stinks. Well, I got to tell you, the, the best part of that story with this uh, acquaintance of mine was the look on his wife's face. Because she sees her <laughs> husband get up and just start handing money to a woman she's never seen before. <laughs> oh, yeah. That actually adds a, a little wrinkle to the story. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Um, no, 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 no. Let's see. It does have a frunk, which we forgot to look at, but I looked at pictures online. Small. It's pretty small. It's not going to fit Chris in it at all. Yeah. If anybody's curious, uh, Chris Ashley fit himself inside the uh, the frunk of the – and Chris is a tall guy – fit himself inside the frunk of the F-150. So, lots of space. And, uh, it, Chris is much smaller than he used to be, but his uh, handle online is Big Chris Ashley because he was uh, – he's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it wouldn't fit uh, – it probably wouldn't even fit a, a small animal, I'm guessing. Not that you should in put an animal in there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would say like a, a small size cooler is all the bigger you could get into the uh, into the one in the e-tron. Um, you asked a couple of questions in the show notes. How quiet was the ride? Yep. Ride was real quiet. It was it was beautiful. I mean, like I said, it just it just felt really smooth. It felt uh, luxurious. I enjoyed driving it, and um, and I, I had a lot to good good to say about the car. And I and I expected to be. Critical because you know oh it's not as good as my Tesla, but I had no feeling of that at all. I would I would I would like this car maybe when I'm older and I don't need as much sportiness to make me feel still alive at 64. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so overall, I I'd say that I uh, really like the car. If you're looking for a luxurious car that's uh, maybe not super sporty, but you're just going to be really comfortable and feel classy and and uh, and still get an electric vehicle. I might wait to see if they come out with something with more range or if you, one of our recommendations has been that if, uh, if you're nervous about range, keep one ice vehicle and one, uh, one EV and that way your EV is doing most of your driving. But when you do need the long range, which most people don't need most of the time, uh, then you take your ice vehicle out. Yeah. And I just wanted to say two two really cool things is if you barely shut the door, right? If it's almost enough to click, it'll shut the, the rest of the way for you, which is oh. a really cool feature. It's called the soft close feature. And then the other thing is when you're buckling up your seatbelt, and this is at nighttime, and I don't have this problem so much with my current cars, but I used when I had a Volkswagen, you could they, the Germans put that thing so f- flush with the seat. It's a hard time. You have a hard time finding the seatbelt at nighttime. This one has a little light uh, at the buckle point. So is you, it lit up all the time? No. 
I don't know exactly how that works. Or is it activated by pulling the uh It must be activated by pulling it because I only saw a video online about it. But it's still, that's a really cool feature uh, at night. That should be in all cars. I agree. It's like when when keyboards didn't have backlit keys. It's just, uh, we lived in caveman times. I'm a I'm a touch typist. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't need no stinking backlit keys. I wish I was. <laughs> um, so if anybody is interested in this vehicle and they don't want to spend eighty thousand dollars, the e-tron Quattro actually starts at forty eight thousand dollars, which is uh, reasonable in comparison. It's got a range of about two hundred sixty five miles or four hundred twenty six kilometers with an eighty two kilowatt hour battery pack. So, yeah. Oh. So that that's a smaller battery, but a lot more range, or forty miles more range, forty three more miles of range. Yeah, so it's it must a be a lighter car. car. Yeah, yeah, it's a smaller okay. car. Okay, but it's still just as nice. So if anybody's interested, they should give that a shot. Allison, that sound cool. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Why don't you tell everybody how to find you and what you've been up to? Well, my podcast is uh, well. I got a bunch of them. My uh, website is podfeet.com, and uh, named because my husband says I have feet like pods. Great SEO. I, I'm amazing at that. Uh, but I've got my flagship show is called the No Silicast, and it's a technology podcast with an ever so slight Apple bias. And uh, it's super fun. we got a great community, a lot of nice people, and it's been going for 17 and a half years without missing a show every single week. Yes, and as somebody that's interacted with Allison's community, they are very welcoming and very nice. So I encourage everybody to go and check them out. Yeah, everybody but Kevin, but yeah, right. <laughs> Kevin's nice. Uh, All right, Allison, thank you so much. All right, appreciate being on the show. All right, everybody, that is our show this week. I want to thank Allison Sheridan for coming on and sharing her experiences with the Audi e-tron Sportsback. It's a really cool car. I think if I have time this week, I think I'm going to go and try and test drive one. Maybe next week. I don't know. I got a lot of things going on uh, over the next couple of weeks. I've got uh, some training for work. So the schedule's just going to be all over the place uh, for the podcast. I'm still committed, at least for the next couple of weeks, to get out two episodes a week. And then once Christmas rolls around or the holidays roll around, it'll probably slow down a little bit after that because there's not as much news during that time period. But right now, there's just a ton of EV news, which is exciting. Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, Allison and I referenced uh, Chris Ashley and Rod Simmons several times. So I just want to give their podcast a shout out because they talk about electric vehicles on their SMR podcast all the time. That's Sam, Mary, Robert podcast. And I'm sure SMR stands for something, but I don't know what it is. They do that show with Rob Dunwood. It's a really good show. They talk about electric vehicles. They talk about tech. They just talk about what's going on in their lives. Uh, it's a super good show. And if you like them, Rod and Chris do a show called Barbecue and Tech, which is a really good show. And Rob Dunwood does a tech show, Stephanie Humphrey and Terrence Gaines. It's really good. It's called The Tech John. I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. And then, again, everything good begins with podfeet.com. So check out what Allison's doing over there and her lovely and kind community. All right, everybody, that is it for me today, but not it for me this week. I will talk to you on this Friday. It's all about news. I've got a lot of news, too. 
So it should be a good show. Looking forward to chatting with you on Friday. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.